of Hope this morning. My name is Sarah and Ben and I are bringing um, the first message in our next series called Slow Down Peter. And I'd really like to add my welcome to the people that have joined us online as well. It's so great that we can have these different spaces to join together. Before I jump into um, my part where I'm sharing Peter's story, I'd like to ask a question, and it's a bit of a reflective question. It is, where are you at on your journey with God? So this idea of journeys, they can be long. If you're in the middle of winter, they can be pretty hard work. If you've got a car full of kids, they can be pretty unpredictable. But journeys give us this really great picture of what it's like to move through life with God. And Jesus wants us to journey with him. So these journeys, they can happen differently for everyone. And they can be different pace, different experiences, different life lessons. We can have hearts that feel really secure and solid when we say, yes, I'm definitely on this road. Or we might face the more unknown parts um, where it might take a bit longer to work out what's happening and we have a bit more of a process to follow. So we're talking about Peter's journey this morning and his story and the things that happened to him in his life. And when I was reading his story and reading the Bible and preparing for today, God actually revealed some things about how I have had different steps in my own journey. I'm a slow journey person. I'm a gradual, step-by-step, years, oh, and then I reflect and go, oh, that's actually happened. And I learn from those things in almost like a reflective way. And I thought this growth over the years in my faith was because I always tried to keep my eyes and my heart focused on looking straight at God. But in reading about Peter and slowing down a bit in this last month, I've realised that in those times that I've looked towards God, I've also had times when I had to look inside myself and change things about myself. And this has been really important. And so I've seeked God and journeyed with him and realised that it's more than just following. It's happened because I've looked at him and then I've looked inside myself and then I've looked back at God and then I've looked back inside myself. And that's how my journey has kind of progressed. And I really think that we find truth in our identity by seeking God. So I've I've got this idea that journeys are all different, thank you, and varied. And God's creative pursuit of all of us is really unique. So now I'm wondering what was true for Peter's journey? And when we consider Peter's journey, we can see that he showed a lot of growth. He understood himself and God. But this took a little while. 
And as I've said, this series over the next few weeks is not only this chance to retell Peter's story, which is a fascinating story, but it's more importantly an invitation for us to discover more deeply for ourselves where we're at in our own spiritual journey with Jesus. And I can tell you we're in really good company with Peter. Now, I often skip through Peter's story to the parts in his journey when he was already one of the disciples, a pretty outspoken leader and one of Jesus' closest friends. He was enthusiastic and strong, yet he fell short in a lot of ways as well. But to begin this morning, I'm going to take us a little bit further back in his story, right to the beginning, and it might be a time we're a bit less familiar with. So the name given to Peter at his birth was actually Simon, which was a common name amongst the Greeks and the Jews. And then we read in John chapter 1, verse 42, that later in Simon's life, Jesus changed his name from Simon to Peter. You will now be called Peter, Jesus says to him. Simon lived in an area near the Sea of Galilee in northern Israel which in Simon's time was home to a thriving fishing industry. And Simon grew up with his brother, Andrew. The New Testament tells us that Bethsaida was the hometown of Simon and his brother, Andrew. And Bethsaida is quite a long journey away from Jerusalem where lots of the religious activity was happening at that time. And it's towards the northern end of the Jordan River. Simon and Andrew grew up as part of the Jewish culture and as young boys they may have had some education and schooling but only those young Jewish children with really high levels of intellect would have actually continued at school. And then in Acts chapter 4 verse 13 it suggests that Simon was unschooled and ordinary So that led me to believe that he probably had to choose this fishing trade quite early on in his young life. Simon and Andrew and their father were fishermen. The fishermen trade was tough. They had to haul in the nets, their sailing boats were pretty basic and then they had to sell the fish at the market. And these are not the kind of fishing boats that we would see or imagine today. There was no technology. There was no navigating equipment. There were no life jackets. Simon didn't have any of that. It was really hard work. And there were lots of other fishermen around in that area too. So he had to be quite strong-willed. And he had to compete for those best spots to fish so that he could make a living. He's portrayed in the Gospels as being quite an impulsive sort of person. And this fisherman lifestyle was pretty rough. The storms in the Sea of Galilee could come up quite quickly and Simon would have had to be quite strong physically and have quite a lot of um, ways to manage his fear because this weather was so unpredictable as part of his everyday life. After growing up in Bethsaida, Simon married a woman from a nearby town, Capernaum. And this was on the other side of the Jordan River, but still up north. And Simon and his brother Andrew moved to Capernaum. 
Capernaum seemed like quite a conservative Jewish community and that sense of Jewish culture was probably what the strong pull was for Simon to move there. And it may have also been the need to be closer to his wife's family. Capernaum was a place where resources weren't easy to get, but there was a hopefulness in the Jewish people and they were looking towards the future. And then at this same time, John the Baptist worked his ministry up and down the Jordan River. The same time that Simon was a fisherman, John the Baptist was around, and it was likely that they were of similar ages. It is also likely that Simon would have seen, heard, and believed in John's ministry when he was nearby. So this Jordan River is an important place for the ministry of Jesus but also in Simon's journey of faith. So as a faithful Jew, Simon Peter would have known several things about God before he met Jesus. He would have known that God was the creator of all things and that God had rescued his ancestors from slavery in Egypt. Following God and his laws was going to be important to Simon. There's a passing reference to Simon in Luke chapter 4, verse 38, when it's recorded that Simon went to, Jesus went to Simon's house to heal his mother-in-law. But in John chapter 1, verse 40, we read this first recorded meeting between Andrew, Simon and Jesus. We read that Andrew, Simon's brother, went and met Jesus first. And right away, he accepted this invitation to follow him. It was a definite yes for Andrew. And then Andrew went back to Simon, who was still fishing, and said, we found the Messiah. And he invited Simon to come and see Jesus for himself. In this first meeting between Jesus and Simon... Jesus looks at Simon and says, Simon, son of John, you will be called Cephas, which, when translated, is Peter. So Simon's res response was very similar to his brother's. He immediately left his fishing nets to meet with Jesus. Can you imagine this? How do you think Simon is feeling in this moment? It's a pretty significant beginning to Simon's journey with Jesus. Based on this conviction of his brother and his own brief contact with Jesus, Simon was hopeful and he was curious. He was moving from living within a space of unknown towards the future that Jesus brought. And he believed that he had met the coming Messiah the one who all the people in his nation had been waiting for, this one that the prophets had spoken about. So do you remember when you first believed? When you experienced that invitation to come and see? It's unlikely that Simon would have realised the depths of his fears or the magnitude of his pride at this time in his journey this level of knowing himself was ahead. 
But he was intrigued and he was open to the invitation to come and see. And he was moving towards Jesus and living in community with the followers. So I'm going to leave you at this point in Simon's story. And there is more in his story to come, but this is where I'm at. And I want you to just remember that God longed for Simon to experience intimacy that only comes through Jesus. And Simon was taking these first steps. His journey ahead was really unpredictable and unseen, but Simon knew that Jesus was the person that he wanted to follow. And I'm going to hand over to Ben at that point in Simon's story. Great. Yeah, can we thank Sarah? Thanks so much, Sarah. A great way to set us up in our service this morning, in our series, that we are just beginning. Uh, Simon, of course, this, this whole series is about Simon Peter, the apostle, the disciple of Jesus. Jesus is one of Jesus' closest friends, the miracle-working, walking on watering, um, preaching, evangelist, healing, kind of megastar of Christianity. Uh, and uh, what we explore in this series uh, is how does one get from a Simon to a Peter? How do you get from being the relatively young, uneducated fisherman Simon to being the pillar of the church in Peter. And uh, over the next uh, several weeks, um, we're going to partner up like this every week, uh, and we're going to explore this journey uh, from Peter's life, and we're going to learn what it means for us to uh, be a disciple of Jesus and what it looks like for us to take a journey of transformation, what it looks like for Jesus to transform our lives over time. And uh, so we look at how we need to slow down. <laughs> That's what this series is about, right? And we look at what this journey means, what are the things, uh, what are the uh, intentional practices uh, that we can put in place in our lives to help us along the journey. Uh, but every journey has a starting point, doesn't it? Every journey has a starting point. Every superhero story has an origins story. And uh, that's what we're looking at today, Peter's origin story. And Sarah has so brilliantly set us up. Uh, but I want to take us back to John 1, and we're going to read this short passage together, uh, and we're going to look at this origin moment for Peter. The next day, John the Baptist again was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? And they said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. So they came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who had heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah, which translated is anointed. What I find really interesting about Peter's story is that if we rewind all the way back to his origin story, it actually includes people that are not Peter. <laughs> this story starts with other people. It's a bit of a chain reaction, isn't it? It starts with John the Baptist, and he, 
he has his own disciples and he sees Jesus walk by and he says, hey guys, that is the one you should be following. You know, Jesus is the one you should be following. Go follow him. And, and so they do and, and Jesus turns around, what are you doing? And, and they're like, we want to see where you're staying. And so he says, come and see. He invites them to come and see. And, uh, and uh, they, it goes on to ex- it explain that they came and they saw and they remained with him. They came and they saw and they remained with him. Isn't it, isn't it true how attractive a meeting with Jesus is? When we meet Jesus, when we see his work in action, when we hear his words, when we feel his presence, we just want to remain, don't we? We just want to stay there. As, as Sarah asked, I wonder how many of us have felt that sense of Jesus' presence in our lives and just wanted to stay, stay there. Maybe for some of us this morning, it's, it's been a, a long time. Well, the disciples don't stay there for long, do they? Um, at least one of them, we know, Andrew, then goes and gets his brother Simon. Uh, and brings him to meet Jesus. And again, it's just a really interesting example of how, uh, what happens when we meet Jesus. We get really excited, don't we? We get really enthusiastic, and we go and tell others. We go and say, come and see this guy that I've just met. You know, some of the best missionaries and evangelists in the church are brand new Christians, aren't they? Because they have the excitement and the enthusiasm of having just met Jesus for themselves, and they just want to share that. They just want to run to their closest friends and family and say, come and see. You know, Jesus had invited them to come and see, and now they had gone out very quickly to invite others to come and see Jesus as well. I wonder if there are a few people joining us this morning, either here in person or online, who might need to pray that God would re-infuse them with the enthusiasm for invitation that they may have once had when they first met him, but may have waned over time for whatever reason. Maybe that's you this morning, and you just need to pray, Lord, would you give me the enthusiasm back? to invite my friends and my family to come and see you. Well, then comes a really, really, really interesting part of the story. This bit really captures me. Because, uh, well, let's read it. Andrew brought his brother Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John, but you are to be called Cephas, which translated is Peter. So when Jesus meets Simon in this story, he gives him a new name. Now, names are significant, aren't they? They they mean a lot to us. Um, But in Jewish culture, they were even more significant, if you can believe that. There was an incredible depth of meaning in a name. You know, when a a Jewish parent gave their baby a name, um, usually Uh, about eight days after they were born, it carried with it um, 
almost an intense level and depth of meaning. Either it was um, maybe describing uh, an important moment uh, in the lives of the parents and in the family. Maybe it was uh, describing um, the important story leading up to this child's um, conception and birth. Or maybe it was uh, by way of almost a, a forward blessing on the child, that they would one day live up to the characteristics uh, that their name kind of held. Some examples, right? Uh, the name Isaac. The uh, name Isaac is in the Bible, and it means one who laughs. And if you know the story of Isaac, you'll know that Sarah, his mum, laughed when at the age of 90-something she was told that she was going to have a baby. So she named her son the one who laughs, Isaac. You see that there's a, there's a story in that name, isn't there? That that child then carries with them for the rest of their lives. Or what about the name Samuel? The name Samuel uh, means God has heard. And if you know the story of Samuel, you'll know that his mother Hannah had prayed for years and years and years for a baby who she couldn't conceive, a child. And eventually God had recognized that this was the right time, this was the right plan for her and the right time for this child, and she was uh, able to have a child. And so she named her boy Samuel. God has heard. See, there's an incredible depth in that name, isn't there? Or the name John means the Lord is gracious. The name Jesus means the Lord is salvation. Names were really important. I wonder if you know the meaning of your name. I asked some people during the week uh, what their name meant. Uh, If you're joining us online this morning, I'd love for you to type in the chat. If you know the meaning of your name, why don't you just type it in? Um, It's it's really interesting. Now, there are several other times throughout the Bible where God gave somebody a new name. Uh, He completely, (laughs) he gave them a completely new name. And, And for, again, several reasons. Sometimes that was because it was a significant moment in that person's life. Or maybe it was a a significant moment in the journey of Israel and the story of God's people. Um, But also, quite often, it was a kind of a prophetic claim on that person's life, uh, giving them a new purpose, giving them a new direction in life. And so we see examples of this, uh, like Abram was given the name Abraham by God, uh, which means uh, ancestor of a multitude, father of many. Uh, Because that was to signify God's promise to Abraham that he would uh, have a child and then from that child a a large nation of people would would grow. Uh, There's other examples like uh, Abraham's grandson, Jacob. Jacob had wrestled with God all night long for his blessing. And so God gave him a new name, Israel, which means perseveres, he who perseveres. Um, Solomon, did you know King Solomon was actually given a new name by God? Um, Actually, as a baby, uh, it's a really interesting story. God gave him the name Jedediah, which means loved by the Lord. That's a really nice name, isn't it? Uh, And for whatever reason, we just know him as Solomon, but but God had actually given him a new name as a baby. And then, of course, today we are looking at the character Simon, who Jesus renamed um, to Cephas or Peter. Cephas was the Aramaic 
version and Peter, the Greek version, but they both mean the rock. So because names so held such a huge um, meaning to Jewish people, when somebody gave someone else a new name, they were actually signifying that they had a new authority over that person's life. That was such a significant thing that they actually, that signified a, a, a new authority. So when Jesus looks at Simon in the eyes and he says, your new name is Peter, the rock, he is claiming a new authority on Peter's life and he is giving Peter a new purpose in life. He's giving them, him a new name. Now, we know that uh, Simon's father's name was John, okay? And so, as a bit of a side note, right at this moment, Jesus has officially given him the name Simon the Rock Johnson. And I think we have a photo of Simon the Rock Johnson uh, that we can show on the screen here. Who's that? Here we go. No, 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 that's Dwayne the Rock Johnson. That's, that's Hollywood superstar and wrestling superstar Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I think we've got a different photo of his great ancestor, Peter, Simon the Rock There he is. There he is. There's Simon the Rock Johnson. Fantastic. <laughs> In all seriousness, that's the best my dad jokes come, by the way. That's, that's as good as they get. This is what happens when we meet Jesus, isn't it? When we meet Jesus and give him our lives. He brings a new authority to our life and he brings a new purpose, a new direction to our lives. He gives us a brand new name. And you might be thinking, well, that's cool, that's nice, but what if I kind of liked my old name? <laughs> what if I kind of liked it? I, I, you know, I, I can deal with the authority thing, I'm happy to give authority in my life to Jesus, but what if... My, what if I had big dreams for my life? What if I had a purpose? What if I was you know, on a career path and had it all worked out? And What if God asked me to do something that I don't want to do, that I won't enjoy, that it becomes a waste of my life so far because everything I've worked up to will go to waste? Like, what if I prefer my old purpose, my old destiny, my old name? Well, you know, I think God has an incredible knack for fulfilling our deepest desires and our largest dreams in ways that we could never expect if we're willing to give our lives to Him. I wonder if you know the meaning of Peter's original name, Simon. The name that his parents gave him uh, at about eight days old the name Simon means to be heard. Uh, reputation, to have a reputation. And as we're going to um, explore in more detail over the next few weeks, um, Simon Peter, in Acts chapter 2, ends up preaching the very first sermon about Jesus. And thousands of people give their lives to Jesus for the very first time. Talk about being heard, right? And we're still talking about him 2,000 years later. <laughs> Talk about a reputation. Is that what Simon's parents imagined when they gave their 
little baby boy the name Simon to be heard or reputation? I doubt it. But how much better did it turn out? And God is so gracious and so loving that he has a way of fulfilling our deepest, most imaginative dreams for our lives in ways that we could, uh, far beyond whatever we could ask, dream, expect, think or imagine, right? As long as we're willing to allow him to give us a new name. If we allow Jesus to be the primary authority in our lives, if we allow him to be the source of our purpose and our direction, it's incredible the impact on this world that we can have. So I think there are a ton of takeaways from Peter's origin story. Um, But this morning I want us just to kind of zero in and focus on two in particular. Two invitations that we have. Uh, The first is the invitation to come and see. As Sarah explained and as we read in the story, Jesus invites Andrew and the other disciple who uh, we can kind of speculate might be the disciple John, but we don't really know for sure because he's not named, but he invites them to come and see. But then it's his disciples that go out and invite others to come and see. Andrew does it with his brother, Simon Peter. And actually, if you keep reading this passage beyond what we've read today, um, it goes to say that other disciples went out and literally used those words, come and see Jesus. I wonder how we're going with our invitations to come and see. Are we being intentional about those invitations? Is the, you know, maybe the come and see invitation for your friend or your family member is to come to church and see. Maybe it's to come to an Alpha course and see. Or a youth event or a community group. Or maybe it's uh, to share a link to an online church service. Come and see. You know, we, we heard a great message the other day. Why don't you check it out? Maybe your invitation to come and see for your friend or family member this week might be to pray with someone who doesn't know Jesus, like we've been talking about the last few weeks. Maybe that's your invitation, to come and see him. Or maybe the best come and see invitation you could make to the people in your lives is simply to live a life that demonstrates Jesus to them and invites them to see him through you. But the question remains, no matter how we do it, question remains, are we intentional about it? Are we deliberately making that choice to invite others to come and see Jesus? The second invitation that I think we have is to be renamed. Jesus invites every single one of us to be renamed by him. Jesus invites us to allow him to be the authority in our life, to allow him to bring a new purpose and a new direction to our lives. He wants to give us a new name. And maybe if we've never given our lives to Jesus, maybe 
today is your origin story, your origin moment, where you meet Jesus and you give your life to him and he gives you a new name. And if you feel like that's you this morning, we'd love to pray with you. Uh, either there'll be people down the front. Uh, if you're on, online, there's uh, someone in the chat that can pray with you. Or maybe it's simply the person sitting next to you in the pew after the service. But don't let that opportunity, if, that, if that's a feeling that you have, that today is the right day for that, to make that decision. We would love the opportunity to walk you through what that means and how to do that. But for the majority of us who have accepted Jesus into our lives and have given him authority in our lives and he has given us a new purpose and a new dream in life, Jesus still extends us an invitation. He wants us to remember the name that he has given us. You know how every, every good superhero story has flashbacks to the origin, right? All the time. Jesus wants us, invites us to regularly flash back to that origin moment in our life where he gave us a new name. He wants us to remember who has authority in our life. He wants us to remember the new purpose that he gave us, whether that was recently or maybe many years ago, so that we can stay engaged with the mission that he has for our lives. And so these two invitations, I think, are more than just once-off invitations. These invitations can actually form a life of discipline for us on this journey of transformation. We are just at the start. We are a week one of this journey of transformation that we see in Peter's life. So it's not finished at, at that There's plenty more to come. There's plenty more work to be done. But I wonder what would happen if each of us here this morning would commit to every day this week just praying two simple prayers. Prayer one being, Lord, would you just give me an opportunity today to extend a come and see invitation to somebody in my life? Would you give me that opportunity? Would you help me to see that and take that opportunity today? Prayer number one. Prayer number two. Lord, would you remind me of your authority in my life? Would you remind me of my purpose in life today? Would you remind me of my new name? I wonder what could happen this week if 230, 250 odd people would pray those two simple prayers every single day this week. I wonder what God could get up to in this community. We're about to uh, sing and continue worship, uh, but let me pray before we do. Lord, we just want to thank you. I want to thank you for so much, but Lord, Uh, Right now, this morning, we want to thank you for the example that you've given us in the life of your servant, your close friend, Simon Peter. He must have been an amazing guy. We know that he had his ups and downs. He wasn't perfect. Uh, 
which kind of makes it even more, <laughs> more special that we can learn from him because he's just like us. <laughs> you met a regular, ordinary, pretty uninteresting, <laughs> unaccomplished person. And you gave him a new name. And Lord, you do that with each of us as well. Well, thank you for that reminder this morning. Lord, I pray that you would give us each an opportunity today to invite somebody to come and see you in whatever way is appropriate for that person and and we'll, we'll know what that is. But Lord, would you give us that opportunity? Would you help us to see that opportunity? Would you help us have the courage to take that opportunity? And Lord, today we thank you for the reminder of our name. Lord, for those of us who are unsure of what that is, Lord, would you meet us where we're at? And would you make that clear? That you love us incredibly, that you take us exactly how we are and where we're at, and that you love us so much that you want to give us an incredible, purpose-filled future. Thank you for your grace, Lord. Thank you for your love. And we worship you this morning.